Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Victory Couch. My name is Julie Rando. And I'm Rick Rando. And guys, how's your summer been? We are dropping in today to give you a surprise bonus episode. Bonus content is always good. Bonus episode number one here as we have finished season two. We wanted to bring to you some listener questions today. Listener questions. And you know what, Jules? Yes. There's been some pretty hard questions that we're going to have to answer here today. You know, I think both of us just browse them very quickly. I have not given any of them significant thought yet because I wanted to be fresh on the couch. Okay. So you you ready? You want to just kick it off? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm going to start with a hard one. So oh. this question is from Jen and she says, do you guys ever disagree on decisions that deal with your kids? Mm -hmm. And if so, how do you handle those disagreements? Julie, I'm going to let you answer first. <laughs> do we ever disagree with decisions that deal with the kids? Yes. Yes. I think it's natural because we are two separate people with two separate perspectives and two separate upbringings and two separate sets of characteristics. So yes, we do disagree on some things. I'd say for the majority, we agree on how to raise our kids. I mean, the overarching foundation of how do we raise our children is parallel. I mean, that's the same, right? Well, it's definitely faith-driven. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So, I mean, the cornerstone of how we raise our kid, kids um, is the, very, very similar. A lot of that overlaps. We have that in common. But yeah, there's definitely things that pop up like... Um, I think of the activity level, like yes. like how active are our kids going to be and stuff, and can they take a pause on a certain activity and then come back to one later? I think that because we are left side and right side of the couch and we operate differently, that you know some of the answers are going to be different. Like, no, it's okay to take a break from something, and oh, I really wish that they'd stay with it. We have things like that that I would say would be. The, I wouldn't call it an argument, but a difference of opinions. What's your take on that? Yeah, no, I think I'm more, um, Julie's more <laughs> feelings-based, and I think I'm more numbers-based. Mm. I guess maybe that's the okay. best way to describe it. So, uh, you know, not that you have to hit a certain number of practices and you have to hit a, you know, a certain number of home runs or anything like that. Not, it, it doesn't have anything to do with that. I think for me, I'm, I'm kind of like, let's budget our day. Let's look at, you know, you know, time and, and that kind of thing. And, and Julie's always done a, done an excellent job at, you know, getting the pulse of the feeling of each of our children with our activities. So like, how do they feel about this thing? And I'm like, well, okay, if they've committed, we've got to finish it. Um, and, and put the time into to doing it well, I guess. So yeah, I, th I think so. I mean, I don't disagree with finish what you started. I don't disagree with right. that. I do sometimes have days where I'm like, let's let's pick on Lawson for a second. You know, hey, he just had a full day of school, you know, a private lesson. And to go in the garage and hit X amount of balls into a net or whatever, whatever it might be. I do have moments where I'm like, yeah, he doesn't have to do that. And you're like, well, Jules, he's on a kind of like a conditioning schedule. And yeah, I am like, look at him. He's tired or he needs a break and have, yeah, I'm really flexible on that yeah. kind of so, stuff. Yeah. So Jules is, is again, it's sort of like, how does he feel? Yeah. He's exhausted. And I'm like, you got to get your hundred hits in, yeah. you know, that's just, so I don't know if, if, 
we yeah, don't that's... necessarily like clash like okay because some days i win and some days he doesn't hit his balls and that's okay you know that's okay yeah i don't know i i definitely lean on the give a kid grace and kids are kids and you know yes we are training them to finish what they start but yeah jen um the there's your answer and for those who listen this is not best friend jen but but it is someone that uh yeah has been listening to the podcast for a while so yeah, pretty jen. Cool. yeah yeah thank you for your question jen yay all right so i have another handful of questions here that was that were submitted uh and i'm just gonna take maybe the best one here okay um what is the most out of your comfort zone act you have ever done for your <laughs> spouse oh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I feel like this one's really directed to me, um, maybe. Yeah. Because out of the two of us, I am the least public facing and I'm also um, more introverted. So to me, just daily life is out of my comfort zone. Wow. Often. Wow. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. Like anyone who's listened to me chat on about the Enneagram, when you identify as an Enneagram five, it's it's draining. It's draining to have exchanges. And when you're married to a business owner and someone who's pretty well known in the local community, um, I'm out of my comfort zone a fair amount because I'm not wired to be engaging with people all the time and to quote unquote be on all the time. In my you know professional life, I've had moments where I've had to be often and been a, a public facing figure as well but not to the level that my husband is. And, um, you know, he's around kids all day and, and parents and families who, um, you know, support the martial arts and, and are at the studio. So when we're at, you know, the local grocery store or the restaurant or Chick-fil-A, of course, or wherever, um, yeah, it's it's to me, I'm like, oh, uh, even then I, I am out of my comfort zone. It feels heavy at times or it feels, um, yeah, just uncomfortable. So, my quick answer to that, um, listener, would be most days I do feel out of my comfort zone. At some point every day, I do feel out of my comfort zone. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I would say that the most out of my comfort zone thing I've ever done for you, I guess I went to a concert that uh, of an artist that was not really my favorite. Mm -hmm. um, and it's one of your favorites. So I was there supporting you. I know that doesn't really sound no it like, does it like, does i totally get that. i'm like yeah i'm about to spend a three-hour drive and all of this time pouring into something that i is okay to mm -hmm. me but it's not i don't know that sounds like a, a cop-out answer i've never really you know i've never like climbed mount everest or um you know things i've done for you i've loved to do you've done a lot of great things for me but out of i think you're just very um i don't confidence not the right word here you are but like i think you're just you just do it you do yeah you i just, just do, do it. it like yeah let's go and you're yeah. not like oh that makes me uncomfortable to like stand and wait for you when people are asking you questions for 20 minutes but for me it does so we're just wired differently yeah i remember one time i um i was in nashville and you were uh at ocean city and i remember <laughs> yeah. driving uh -huh. like 15 hours to see you for maybe like four or five hours yeah. and then get in a car and come back home. It wasn't necessarily like out of my comfort zone, no. but it was definitely an uncomfortable oh. feeling to be in the car that long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just see you for a couple hours, but 
you know, you do uncomfortable things because you love the other person mm-hmm. and that's what you do. Yeah. So, and in some things it's just woven into daily life. And for me, yeah. like that, it sounds, if you're wired like Rick, you're like, oh, Julie, really? But when you're wired like me, it does feel like, um, you know, a thing to do. It's just to support your spouse. You're, you're there. And if you feel a little stretched, then that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Well, I'll jump back in. We have a list of questions that came to us from an under 18 listener. And because of that, I am not going to share their name. I want to respect their privacy and the privacy of their family. But some of these questions really make me smile and they're well thought out. So I'm going to start with a fun one um, from one of our younger listeners. This one is what's your favorite emoji? Favorite emoji? Yes. And I love that they know that we, you know, I guess older people in our bracket use emojis. And I think the teens do not anymore. Hmm. If I'm hearing that right. Really? They don't. What do they do? I've heard that they do it less often. And people who put more emojis in their text are older people. I've heard this before. Okay. Um, What about people that put no emojis in their text? Because that would be me. Oh, like zero? Okay. Well, I don't know about that. The question is. Old, old? Maybe you're like a. Really old? Maybe you're like a young, older spirit. I don't know what <laughs> okay. they call that. Um, but yeah, go do your frequent used. That's what I'm doing. Okay. And tell me what are some of your favorite emojis. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Th- is this really telling you looking at it? I, I, it doesn't say anything in my frequent really? used. Oh, do you want me to okay. start then? Because I have a couple. I think I've done the one where you put your hand up on your face. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've done that yeah. one. I've done the fist bump one, which... To me is, you know, it's like a fist. Can I see it? I yeah. don't know that one. It's like a fist. You know, like it looks like you're fist bumping. Oh, bumping okay. The I've I, never I, used that one. I interpret that as punching somebody. So I like, <laughs> like a, you know, like a karate okay. fist. Yeah. So everybody else like, hey, fist bump. Hey, we're buddies. Me, I'm like, like, it's, I want to, it's aggressive. I want to punch you. Yeah. So yeah. that's me. Okay. Um, <laughs> in a loving way, like a love punch. Um, also prayer hands. I think I use that one. Um, and that's. That's pretty much That's it. about it. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't think I've ever used like there's a squirrel here and <laughs> there's like a pig that's crying. I don't know. I, I don't, don't use any. Of, yeah. All right. So my frequently used or what I'm I'll just tell you my most favorite is the I send this a fair amount. The shruggy one with the hands up. Like, oh, yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. I do use that a lot. Yes. Which I guess that makes me sound like a clueless human. But I use the shruggy <laughs> hands a lot. Um, shruggy hands shruggy emoji. Hands, I use that a lot. I use the crab a fair amount, it looks like. And that makes sense because we're from Maryland and mm-hmm. we're very proud of that. So I actually have a black heart, a red heart, a yellow heart, and a crab, which is symbolic of Maryland. Yeah, that's true blood right there. I also have an American flag. I think that's because when we text our friends who live abroad, sometimes we send that and they mm-hmm. send their flag. Um I have the pensive thinking smiley face and I have the regular smiley face, the one with the lots of teeth and the birthday emoji, which is the the smiley with the streamers and the party hat. Those are my most common ones. Have you ever sent the squirrel here? The smiling squirrel? I have not. It looks like I've sent a lobster. I don't remember that. Um, yeah, you have. You sent it to me a couple days ago. Like, yeah, she's her lobster. Oh, that's Remember? what it was He's from. her lobster. It was that's a, friend's a friend's reference. reference. Yeah, of course I would have that. And uh, I would, you know, def- I definitely need to share this too. 
any sports ball you can think of is also in my frequent emoji. Gotcha. That's because it's like headed to soccer practice, headed to baseball practice. Yeah. So yeah. good question. Good question. I like that. Yay, I young like people your with your emojis. Emoji. Oh, this particular young person sent a okay. ton. Can I do one more for yeah. them? Yeah. Yeah. I think this is really, really. Oh gosh, they have so many good ones. <laughs> no joke. It's from These young are good. people. Yeah, that's I'm, crazy. I'm, I might even bring you two. Okay. Um, these, these are really funny. How about this one? What's your least favorite thing about the current generation? I guess they're talking about mm. maybe their generation, maybe like Gen Alphas. Young young people? Yeah, like really, like elementary, middle school maybe. Let's go with that. Like I, I'll be honest with you. My least favorite thing is how they've shortened everything. Mm. Okay. You know what I mean? Like we were just talking about this the other day. There's There's a restaurant called TGI Fridays, Fridays. right? Yeah. So it's thank goodness it's Friday. All right. So thank goodness it's Friday. Four words. Now it's Fridays. Okay. Now look, the young people didn't do they that. They might have not known it was but TGI. But yeah. what, what I'm saying is that they, the, 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 the nature to shorten everything mm-hmm. um, was definitely, for young people, was definitely an influence to the people that run that company to be like, hey, we're just going to be called Fridays. We're just going to be like, boom. Dunkin' Donuts is not Dunkin' Donuts That's anymore. Right. It's, it's just Dunkin', Dunkin' yeah. right? So, you know, not just companies. I'm just saying, like, everything that they do, right? You don't say, man, that was awesome. You just say, fire. <laughs> fire. I'm like, when I was a kid, you don't say you don't say fire because you get in trouble, right? Now, fire is good. You want fire. You know, when I was young, you didn't want fire. It's bad. <laughs> fire, bad. Fire, bad. You know, so I, I'm, I could keep, I keep going on and yeah, on, but, but I'm just saying like everything is shorter, everything. So the verbiage and language comes at you faster, yeah. which as an adult that's, you know, struggling to think quickly, mm-hmm. right? That's one of the reasons why I don't watch Gilmore Girls because they talk so fast, <laughs> right? I I'm sometimes have trouble keeping up with the lingo, mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So Jules, what do you think? It's tough for me because I love so much about the younger generation. I think they have such hope and acceptance and just, yeah, they're less judgy than pretty much any other generation, which I think is fantastic. So it's hard to say like something I don't like, but I guess one would just be, and this is across the board with probably a lot of generations. I hate when people are constantly on their phone. Yeah, it's tough. Unfortunately, I think that they were born into not knowing any different. So that would be mine. Just constantly looking down and not looking around and up and taking in beauty and nature and being present with your thoughts. And yeah, so that would be mine. Okay. Well, good job, young young people. Maybe we'll save one of those other questions okay. for maybe the next. You know what? Go ahead. Give us another one. From, you want they've one more? submitted so many. They Go submitted ahead. six. Um, six? Yeah. Wow. Uh, we'll do one more. Okay. Uh, <laughs> why do you like or dislike being on an airplane? Wow. I know. That's a good question. <laughs> really, these, are, these are fun ones. Why do you yeah. like or dislike? Like, like, get there quickly. Dislike, no room. And I'm a fairly skinny person. And if a skinny person <laughs> doesn't have room, you know. Gotta help I mean, those who are made geez, Yeah. What's going yeah. on with that? Yeah. It seems like every time you fly, you get less and less space. I also don't like how long it takes people to like find a seat and get comfortable. You know, like like you're getting on the plane and it feels like you're in the jetway forever mm-hmm. um, because it does take a while for people to get settled. But I don't like like when we pick a seat, 
we immediately we put our stuff over in the bin as quickly as possible. Then we get out of the aisle so mm -hmm. people can go by. Right. Right. And then we wait for a break. Then we get out and grab something from the top if we need it and then get back in. So it's almost kind of like 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 the game Frogger. You're, you're coming out when there's no spade, then you're going back in. So what that ha what that does is it gets people like that keeps the flow moving. I don't think a lot of people do that. So that that kind of bugs me. I also don't like when you pull in and all of a sudden the seatbelt belt sign goes off, bing, and people from the back rush up to the front. And if they're trying to catch a connector, okay, that's good. But I guarantee you, anybody that passes you more than likely is under thirty, with no kids. They're just they're just want to get off, and I, I I get that. You know, if if that was me, and maybe I don't think I've ever done that. But if if I did, I would explain myself. Like, hey, I've got a connector. Thanks so much for letting me buy. Or, man, I really had, I had some bad chicken. I just got to get to the bathroom, whatever. You know what I mean? So I would explain myself of why I think I'm passing you. I'm more important than you uh, because I, you know, got my ticket last minute. I'm at the back of the plane, right? And I'm passing all of you because I'm more important than you. That bugs me. Rick, you know the difference between me and you? You, you like people like that no, or what? There's no way in a million years if I had bad chicken, I would share <laughs> with strangers. That's why I'm getting off the airplane. I'm just so saying that's the difference. There should be some some sort of like justification. Yeah, of like, hey, I hear you. Listen, I'm passing you. I think you really I'm would tell you. people that though. Like, oh, I just ate something that's not selling right. I'm sorry. I well, to, they would be sympathetic and be like, hey, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Instead of me, I'm I'm just leaving because I don't like to be on this plane anymore because of blah, blah, blah. Well, everybody feels that way at the end. Right. Okay, yeah. right? So why are you more important than me? It's a slight pet peeve. Anyway. So uh, the question was, what what do you most like and dislike? Or what was it? Uh, it's about airplanes. What do, what do you like or, and dislike about airplanes? Um, same thing. It's the inevitable. You have to take it to get there fast. So that's what I like about it. And it, it's pretty functional. Um, I've not had too many horrible plane stories. Um, my least favorite is I get motion sickness. And mm. if you are a person who does get motion sickness, you feel my pain. It's just constantly something you live with. And thank goodness for motion sickness tablets because I do have to take them before I get on a flight. So my least favorite is motion sickness out of everything. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm going to do a question here from Molly. Molly actually submitted a couple questions as well, and she's got a very unique one, uh, and I like this one. It says, who has had the most iconic hair in the last 50 years? Okay, so if you, you think mm -hmm. the last 50 years, who's had the most iconic hair? Jules, go. The first person that popped in my head was Dolly Parton. Hmm. I don't know if that would be the first thing I would answer if I had more than a second to think about it. But her face popped in my head because I think Dolly's hair has stayed relatively similar. Yeah. Multiple decades and different generations. So I think Dolly Parton's had some really iconic hair. Um, I also think, I think of like Cindy Lauper. I don't know. I mean, think about it. When you were younger, when we were younger, there's not many people that had hair that stood out in different colors and things mm -hmm. like that. She was probably one of the first that I saw that was a little different. And now all you have to do is just go to the mall and like you'll see multiple people with different color hair. So, yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that. She's a trendsetter even before being yeah. a trendsetter. Yeah. Well, 80s. Come on. Yeah. The best generation, I guess. The best, the best time, I should say. 
Um, I'm going to go with something, you know, an, a, an easy answer. Rachel from Friends, I think mm. she set the bar pretty high on uh, different hairstyles. And also, I would say Elvis. I would say Elvis okay. definitely had the most iconic hair. You know, if you just showed the top of his head from like the forehead up. Yeah, you'd know. You probably him. would know that that's yeah. Elvis. Yeah. I bet there's some huge ones we're missing, but because we have to think of it so quickly, we're yeah. just not getting it. But Yeah, I think that's a good one. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you one more okay. question. Yeah. Uh, and this will be our last question. Okay. okay. All right. You ready? So, you know, my, my title is Master Rando, mm-hmm. right, to most. Um, and if we could award Julie a master title in something, what would it be in? That's so, what this person wrote? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, thanks for thinking of me. Yeah. Listeners. What would be master, master rando, Mrs. Master Rando, I guess. What, what, what would you have your master in? Um, I could, I could give you my answer. Yeah, go ahead. I think you would be a master in compassion. Really? Because you are so thoughtful and you are always just doing things for other people. Always. I mean, that is, I don't know. You must spend a half an hour a day just doing things for other people, whether it's emails, sending gifts. You have a birthday card literally Mm -hmm. out there for somebody's birthday that's not happening for months. Like you are, you're always thinking ahead. You're four or five steps ahead. You know, you're always, you're already buying like Christmas gifts for people knowing that this gift is going to be the perfect gift from thank you notes to um, just phone calls, lifting people up, to you know, putting people on your prayer list. Like you're always compassionate, you know, empathy and compassion. You have definitely mastered those things, and I have learned so much from watching you pour into other people. So that would be my answer. Mm, thank you. I yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, I I would just say authenticity because that's what I live by. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. And, and I have great pride in, as maybe the kids do or don't say, keeping it real. Um, I think that's, uh, it's just something that a lot of people feel like they can't live because Mm. they're trying to please other people or say the right thing or be in a proper way or whatever. I'm just not built that way. I think we all just need to keep it real. And that doesn't mean you can't be kind. You know, you can be authentic and kind. Authentic doesn't mean rude. Authentic doesn't mean um, distasteful. It it just means that you are authentically who you are and you don't really have to use a filter for what people think or who's it going to hurt or if we all did it in a in a thoughtful way, if we're all authentic in a thoughtful way. So if I could self-proclaim myself something, it would be master of authenticity. I like that. Yeah. I like that. And that is why people... If I didn't know Julie and I was passing her on the plane, I would have to explain myself because person that's authentic may say, hey, you, get to the back. You don't, you're not more important than me. And I would be like, hey, I had that bad chicken. I got to get to, right? And that way you would be like, oh. Then your empathetic self would pop in and be like, hey, he really did. He really has to go, kids. All right, let him out of the way. Yeah, that's that. Now, See? that's a whole nother level of authenticity is telling people <laughs> about your personal bathroom. No, I wouldn't, you know, I'm, not, I'm just saying, like, I, man, I have stomach issues. Uh, or okay. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Right? Yeah. 
But here's the thing. Yes. You and I both, if somebody would pass us saying that, we would make sure that we watched him to make sure he went into the bathroom, not went to the cockpit and made a left and yeah. was running up the jetway. Yeah, probably. Right? Yeah. And then we wouldn't do anything about it, but it still would be like, man, did you see that guy? Yeah. We'd have something to talk about, It'll which be is our always couch fun. Crumb. It would be our couch It would crumb. be. So guys, thank you so much for these questions. They're amazing. In fact, we have so many questions. I think, Julie, we should have a second episode. What do you think? We'll do a part two. Part two. Part two, guys. Coming. Part two. Thank you so much for sharing some time with us on the couch. Thanks for squishing in. And we will catch you next time. We are Rick and Julie Rando, and you've been listening to the Victory Couch Podcast. You can follow the Victory Couch on Instagram, Facebook, and thevictorycouch.com. Count your lessons, your blessings, and your victories. We'll save a seat for you right here next time on the Victory Couch.